The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents The X-Wing with your host, Joe Salant. Yeah, this is the broadcast for the rebels who have escaped from the collectivist orb. We got that pure justice on deck, but you got to come and get it. It is good to be with you all tonight. Welcome to the X-Wing Podcast with your boy Joe Salon, where the podcast where we take on and smash the idols of the right-wing police state and the left-wing nanny state and, um, and appeal to heaven and restore the uh, don't tread on me type of attitude, especially for the rising generation. And it is great to be with y'all on this fine evening. And I do apologize for the irregularity of the program as of uh, recently. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, Tomorrow uh, in the morning, we're going to be broadcasting uh, from Houston in the studio with uh, with my man John Ryan Cantu. And we are going to be tracking a brand new song for y'all. And this song is sure to make a lot of people very angry. Uh, but it is going to be, uh, what, what kind of, uh, let's see here. We got a, we got a text message here coming through. If, Hey, if you, if you want to get through Mr. Sanchez, make a comment. I can't press the text messages. You know where the phone is. Love you, my man. Oh, bit and big shout. Yo, anyway, we're going to be in the studio in Houston tomorrow, uh, to bring you the, uh, um, uh, recording a song and we're going to kind of bring you the, uh, the ins and outs of how we're going to do that. We're going to show you some, show you what studio time looks like. And, uh, uh, this song is called the time for justice and, uh, not going to give away the theme. So that will be about eh, 11 AM ish tomorrow morning. Uh, in uh, uh, from from Houston, Texas, uh, in the studio live, and we're going to be uh, doing a little bit of back and forth on what that song is about. Uh, extremely, extremely, extremely excited about that. But uh, again, apologies for the ir- irregularity of the um, of the episodes, and we're working on uh, making that better for all of y'all. Uh, and I want to say a big congratulations um, to my man Jason Sanchez, my boy. Uh, founder of Reconstructionist Radio, uh, the head rebel in the cave. Uh, he uh, just, uh, him and his wife, Misty, just had a beautiful uh, young baby, a beautiful baby daughter, uh, Eden Joy. And Eden is uh, just, she just looks like a bundle of joy and blessing. Uh, and uh, praise God for the rising generation there. Congratulations, uh, Jason, Jason, Misty, and the entire Sanchez family. Uh, all the love on that. On the last uh, X-Wing episode, um, uh, State of Confusion, or on the State of Confusion episode that we did for the X-Wing previously, we took a look at the curse of blindness of Deuteronomy 28.28 and how that curse has covered the minds of modern American conservatives and caused them basically to be living out the definition of insanity, which is like doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. 
such as trying to get surefire Republican lawyers on the Supreme Court to fight Roe v. Wade. This is a curse of blindness. It's kind of knuckleheadedness. We're going to get these lawyers on the court, the same court that gave us this tyrannical ruling, this uh, mandated human sacrifice of infants throughout the land. We're going to um, we're going to keep on sacrificing to this court, keep putting our lawyers up there, even though it's our lawyers that gave us this whole thing and keep on validating this thing. And I told you uh, in this episode, I told you during both of the Gorsuch and uh, Kavanaugh confirmations about the stupidity of of this technique. Uh, Same thing as trying to elect, you know, Republicans to the federal beast to drain the swamp. It's as dumb as it gets. They're as swampy as it gets. Uh, Anyway, uh, look, after that episode, I got tons in my inbox. Hey, there's... You know, there's a lot of progress being made, Joe, and, you know, stop pissing into Cheerios. There's there's good stuff on the horizon. We're actually moving the ball forward. And I just kept on telling everybody, you know what? Look, uh, Charlie Brown is never actually going to get to kick the football. It will be yanked out immediately. I mean, there's, you know, this guy uh, Gorsuch comes from the, you know, uh, humanistic uh, uh, church that supports all the, you know, left wing stuff and all that and has all these kind of, you know, has this crazy background. And then you have this guy, uh, you know, Kavanaugh, who literally wrote the who's who on how to be a tyrant in the police there. I mean, he he wrote the Patriot Act and, and also saved Obamacare. Uh, and I warned about these guys and, oh, Joe, you're, you know, come on, you know, like uh, all the pro-life uh, ministry industrial complex fundraising letters that were going out. We're the reason why, you know, confirm Kavanaugh now if you donate $50, $100, so on and so forth. You are going to get the results. We are one lawyer away from overturning Roe v. Wade, so on and so forth. Dumb as it gets. And I told him it'd just be, it'd be a matter of, you know, a little bit of time and uh, you'll get, you know, that, that football will be yanked away from you again. And here we go. <laughs> an article in, uh, uh, an article on CNN today. Uh, let me bring this up for you real quick. Uh, the Supreme Court Monday rebuffed efforts by the states uh, to block funding to Planned Parenthood. All right, check this out. So they can't even defund Planned Parenthood, and the states wanted, a couple states want to defund Planned Parenthood, and now you got all the Republican lawyers on the Supreme Court. You got Gorsuch and you got Kavanaugh, the two surefire latest ones, right? The ones that we had to definitely 100% use our Facebook feeds to support and we couldn't rule and all this other kind of stuff. Listen to this. It left in place this, uh, um, you know, this. This is this is so ridiculous. The Supreme Court Monday left in place two lower, lower court opinions that said that the states violate federal law when they terminate Medicaid contracts with Planned Parenthood affiliates affiliates who offer preventative care for low income women. It would have taken four justices to agree to hear the issue and only three conservative justices, uh, Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito and Neil Gorsuch, uh, voted to hear the case. Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Brett Kavanaugh appeared to side with the court's liberals in not taking up the case. Thank you very much, Swampy Brett. There you go. And that is for all of you pro-life ministry industrial complex head that said we just have to confirm Kavanaugh now. Uh, Didn't want to hear the case. Uh, CNN said that Roberts and Kavanaugh likely have serious objections. 
but uh, such votes seem to be a signal that they would rather avoid contentious, high-profile disputes for now, uh, or at least where possible. So, congratulations, uh, Ministry Industrial Complex. Congratulations, Conservative Churches in America. You now have another elephant lawyer on the Supreme Court uh, who is going to do absolutely nothing whatsoever when it comes to overturning Roe v. Wade. Now, you can continue to support these guys on Facebook, on social media, on Twitter. You can consider, you know, continuing to do what you do in your churches to, you know, say, hey, press the button for Republican appointees. Um, And we can continue to warn you here that that is the definition of insanity, that these guys are not your friend. All right. The, the, the state is not your friend. The state loves human sacrifice. Republican status that you put in, regardless of what they tell you, they, they love human sacrifice and, and, and they love the fake football game of pro-life and pro-choice. You can continue to do the same thing or you can repent and turn around and do what's right and stand on God's law. Um, but look, this is for a message for, for those of us that are actually trying to wake up the uh, ministry industrial complex types, your, you know, your Republican Party talking heads in the conservative churches. For those of us that are trying to wake these guys up and these these ladies up, it's important to understand that what we're dealing with here, it's not just a lack of information. It is a curse of blindness. It is it is a. It's literally what happens when you violate God's law and you do so and you there's a there's a curse in Deuteronomy 28, 28 that says that they'll have madness and blindness and confusion of heart. So God will there's there's a curse of blindness across the political landscape and especially on the Republican and conservative side. The, look, the, de- the Democrat side and the leftist side, they're following their God. They're following Moloch. They're doing what they do. They're advancing the ball for the kingdom of man. Uh, the Republican side, the conservative side, uh, those who purport, you know, uh, that they, fo- they, they claim to follow the, the law of God. They claim to be Christians. They claim the name of King Jesus. But they violate his law at every single turn. There's a curse of blindness upon them so that they're going to keep on doing this. Their hearts have been hardened and it's straight towards the judgment. So keep that in mind when rebuking these people uh, and trying to share information with them that God is the one that grants illumination. Try not to get too frustrated because it's like you, you'll show them this and you'll be like, I can't now that Kavanaugh did this for the de- they Kavanaugh, the guy that they just put in is not trying to hear it about defunding Planned Parenthood. He's not trying to hear it at all in the least that should be evidence that this will be the last time that they will support this process of of electing these politicians and trying to get these lawyers into these places in the federal beast that should be it It won't be it the next time they will be doing the exact same thing if the uh, if if the old woman uh, uh, Ginsburg dies uh, Ruth Bader uh, Ginsburg RBG if RBG dies they will be doing this exact same process again and we will be saying the exact same thing again just try not to get too pissed off about it um 
because it, it is a curse that we're dealing with. And, and also understand that the Lord will grant illumination to his remnant. There always is going to be a remnant that are going to be set aside during this time, during a time where there is this judgment upon the land and we don't know who they are and we have to be faithful to planting those seeds you know, anyway, so there you have it. it. It only took about a month or so, right? And uh, there's the evidence for the State of Confusion episode of the X-Wing. And that's what we do here, smashing the idols of the right and the left. On this episode today, we're going to take a look at the reasons behind the modern American conservatives and Republican Party's lack of influence in our society and young people in general. All right. And so... Let's start in Malachi 4, 5, and 6, and it says there, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So one of the specific purposes of a prophet in the Bible is to point the way to blessing and to show what is wrong in a society and using the standard of the word of God uh, to correct it so that the society can enjoy the blessings of the creator. In this passage, we see uh, the prophet reversing a portion of the curse, specifically uh, the hearts of the generations were opposed to each other. And that's what we see in society today. We see the bashing of the millennials from the baby boomers. So the baby boomers, you know, come out basically and take out $20 trillion worth of debt on the heads of the rising generation and then say, ah, these kids are stupid. They don't know what they're doing. They lack respect. They don't want to stand for the flag and kneel for the cross and all that kind of stuff, you know? And, and so basically it's, you have this rising generation of losers. We're going to swipe the credit card. We're going to enjoy this 20 trillion, $21 trillion worth of national debt. And uh, here's the bill, but you guys suck. So the hearts of the fathers are against the hearts of the children. And when this curse is in effect, you kind of understand that it's the the burden lays on the fathers for the fact that the rising generation is against them. The fathers and the rising generation being at odds is a curse in the Bible. And when you look throughout history, when societies were blessed of God, it was like the young people and the old people were working together harmoniously. I mean, who would want to be against their children? Who would want to like raise up the rising generation that hates them, uh, that, you know, all oh, these young people, they have no respect. And the young people are like, yeah, get off my lawn, pops. Like who wants that kind of environment? Like when you look at the American revolution, you saw that a lot of the signers of the declaration were like 20 year olds. And, uh, you know, throughout history, we've seen young, uh, young people doing amazing feats like military type of feats in times of war where like the old people were like listening to them and stuff. And like, you know, a 16 year old might have like a 50 year old under his command and the 50 year old didn't think anything bad about like was just, you know, yes, sir. And all that, um, the hearts of the generations were towards each other, not apart from each other. So when you have a society where the hearts of the rising generation are set against the fathers and the fathers against the, the, the rising generation, it's indicative that the 
fathers were against the law of God. It is one of the characteristics of what happens when the fathers are unfaithful to living a life that honors the creator in society, that the children are going to be set against them, uh, against the, you know, for an example of this, you know, look at the old fogies that we have, uh, you know, in society, like pointing towards the millennials and all that. We have a great ax to the root. Uh, called Bashing Millennials with my man Bo Marinoff. Check that out. Uh, that'll have a good primer on that. And in, in fact, my man Bo had a Facebook post the other day that uh, caught my attention on the issue of the political demographics of the migrants. You know, the uh, the Honduran caravan uh, that Trump ran a commercial on. Like, you, hey, if you vote Republican, we'll save you from this. <laughs> you know, um, uh, sacrifice the liberty for security and, you know, we'll, we'll protect you from those people. And, you know, you won't have to sacrifice any of your rights to us, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, on the issue of the uh, the political demographics of the migrants, uh, Bo had this uh, um, this Facebook post. And, and this is what he said. Let me, you know, let me bring this up uh, in uh, so I could read this ver- verbatim. <clears throat> so here's what here's what Bo said. He said, uh, uh, I'm trying to resolve a mystery. It occurred to me as I was listening to the zillionth rant by a Republican voter that illegal immigrants are Democrat voters. Uh, It was a stupid rant, but let's take it at face value. Forgive the apparent cynicism in the following paragraphs. I'm not trying to be cynical, cynical. It's just the reality we have today is way too grim to allow for the mincing of words, says Mr. Marinoff. Over the last 40 years, after Roe v. Wade, this nation aborted 60 million babies. The number's actually, you know, 100 uh, 100 million or more. Uh, For most of these years, Republicans were against abortion and Democrats were for abortion, which should lead us to the conclusion that the vast majority of these aborted babies would have been born in Democrat families if they were not aborted. That is, we lost 60 million possible Democrat voters in abortion, or let's say 50 million or 40 million. In any case, the Democrat Party should be in a shortage of voters by now, measuring in the tens of millions. Now, the most generous estimate, says Bo, of the uh, number of illegal immigrants in this country is 15 million. Even if we were to imagine every single one of them, men, women, and children, has found a way to trick the system and vote, Uh, That is still short of the 60 million Democrat voters killed in abortion. And, of course, all 15 million illegals don't vote. Uh, Dead people vote Democrat, and some illegal aliens vote Democrat, but it's not 15 million. And it sure isn't what uh, would be replaced in the abortion genocide. Uh, the fraud cases are in the thousands at the most, and if we exp- if we accept the claim uh, that Democrats use dead people's votes, that still doesn't add up. Tens of millions of dead voters voted, and we can only catch a few here and there. And yet, after all of these decades, the political landscape is still in the balance. In fact, if anything, with younger people joining the voting age population, Democrats increasingly win the popular vote, which is true. Even in the last presidential election, where the Democrats put up their most loathed candidate, uh, the unelectable, despicable Hillary Clinton, the younger people came out in droves to vote for her. So, uh, 
Where did all of these Democrat voters, especially these young ones, come from? Why are all the young people who should be proportionately, by a difference of 60 million, now there's 350 million people in the country, give or take, uh, you know, come from conservative, good Republican families, right? Why are they predominantly voting Democrat? Perhaps this is what the GOP should be worried about and not fret so much about a few thousand Honduran migrants who, even if they were granted asylum, won't be able to vote for another 10 years. That's a good point. That is a fire point right there by my man, Mr. Marinoff. Um, There it is right there. The Republicans and their enablers and the conservative right in America would have you believe. And I want you to really take this in. Now they would have you believe that the electorate can be changed to permanent Democrat one party status, simply by letting enough Brown people in from countries that both parties have ravaged with their drug war into the USA. That's right. After a half century A half century of godless American murdering upwards of 100 million of their rising generation by abortion. We are expected to believe that the political party that stands for godly values shouldn't already have a bit of a leg up on the evil Democrats in terms of their young, in terms of the young constituents. However, this is obviously not the case. There are many more Democrats than Republicans in the rising generation. It is it is an embarrassing Um, percentage and statistic, even after the 100 million murdered Democrat babies by abortion. And it is quite obvious that the political demographics of the potential immigrants to America has zero, zero to do with it, regardless of how bad the elephant party wants you to believe and give money uh, that the, um, you know, the embarrassingly poor propaganda that only the lowbrow modern American conservative would be stupid enough to believe, um, no matter how much they want you to believe it, you know, there is no way that immigration is what's the issue here. The, uh, except maybe the Republican policy on immigration reflecting a bit of a curse. Now we can be a little bit at the heart of the issue. There is a generational curse in operation here. The hearts of the rising generation are set against their parents. The Republicans are dying out, even as one Democrat murders her baby every 30 seconds. And we know Republicans murder their babies, too. We know pastors murder their babies, too. You know, especially when you factor in uh, the birth control and... um, and uh, other kind of chemical abortifacients. The rising generation is simply not going for the Republican shtick, which is the essence of what the X-Wing is about. That is what we're doing here. We are providing a non-swampy alternative to the Republican Party. And um, we're not seeking seats in the swamp. We are gathering in the cave ready to take dominion. Uh, Republicans and conservatives in general in our culture simply just do not have the influence. They don't have the gravitas. They don't have the swag with the rising generation. They'll blame a million factors and they will ask for your money to fix it. If you, if you donate 25 bucks, 50 bucks, 75 bucks, 100 bucks, if you become a monthly donor, we will put swampy bread on the Supreme court so that he can, (gasps) wait, 
rule against defunding of Planned Parenthood doesn't want to hear the case? Are you kidding me? We need another one in there. You know, uh, they'll ask for your money to fix it. Uh, but here, they won't fix it because they don't want to fix it. This fake fight that you have in the swamp in Washington, D.C., in the state houses, in the right wing and the left wing of the rotten American eagle, um, this fake fight serves the serves the purposes of the politicians that are there. They want it there. They need it there. They need it there to whip you up into a frenzy and get you all scared of the opposition and get you donating money to them. And there's fake solution because they want it to keep going. But something deeper is going on here. And let's get into the philosophy behind the problem of influence that Republicans have in this society, that um, that modern American conservatives have when it comes to, when it comes to the rising generation, the problem of influence. Look, philosophically, the the the, the biblical philosophy behind this, with the Bible as the standard, uh, there there are two ways to have influence in a society. So first, there's the devil's way. It's kind of it's the power religion approach. To do this, you simply amass enough power to conquer a people and to become their tyrant. It's the conquest ethic. You know, you won't have the true loyalty, but you'll have the respect of those who are willing to live at the barrel of your gun. Uh, you will have the power and influence until somebody else comes along with more or the people rise up and toss off your chains. You'll be able to force your civil or uncivil religion of power on your subjects until you succumb to a stronger power. And uh, for the majority of human history, this is the approach that has characterized governments in society. And as God has moved history forward, his principles remain, and he uses this for his glory. Simply, you know, all you have to do is use some physical characteristic to claim superiority over others and then enforce it through all means available to you. Uh, for the power religionist, the principle, you know, to this kind of plastic influence that they seek in society, uh, you know, is the same, whether it's for an entire empire or just for your wife and kids in a household or in, you know, a church or whatever the case may be. It's the same. Now, the better way is God's way. It's the religion of ethics approach. The only way to have real, real influence in the society Influence that is not dependent on, in the least, on the fear of you, on the fear of man, but it's only dependent on the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom, Proverbs 1-7. The religion of ethics approach is very simple, and if it weren't for that nagging sinful nature in us that makes humans want to strike out against the image of God in other human beings and strike out at God and shake a fist at the heavens at, you know, shake the fist at God's throne by oppressing other humans and sacrificing them for their own pleasure. The religion of ethics would be widely practiced. And it's simply this. You follow the blue, the creator's blueprint for society that he gives in his law word in the Bible, plain and simple faithfulness to executing the law in the blueprint, the blueprint for the created order. Now, God gives this to us. There are abiding principles in the Bible for society. We can actually literally not just have it as a slogan, but we can appeal to heaven. We can say, your kingdom come, God, your will be done. And the will of the king actually can be executed in society, not in some kind of weird way where you get to go to heaven when you die and act a little bit nicer as a person. But there will actually be the foundations of God's throne, righteousness and justice in the earth, in the earth. And that can actually happen. As a matter of fact, that's normative. 
in uh, for uh, for that's that's normal. That's the way it's going to be at the end. Not after God throws it all in the fire, but that is the way it is actually going to be because his bride, the church, his body is going to be victorious in history. So um, the creator's blueprint for society that he gives in the created order. Listen to this now. Here's the principle. It will attract human beings to you to the cause of righteousness. His blueprint, when followed, the abiding principles of the law of God, when followed, will not give, will not evoke the reaction of, oh, that sucks, that's terrible, we don't want that. It won't have the rising generation saying, oh, these Christians, they're, they're idiots. They don't know what the heck they're talking about. They're bigots. They're racist. They're only, they only care about this, this. They don't, they don't, they're single issue. It won't have them talking like that. The blueprint for the created order, if actually followed to the T, will evoke a much different reaction from the creatures themselves. So, uh, you know, look, even if they don't personally sacrifice or place their own lives on the altar for God, they will generally want justice in the society. There is, of course, only one true, unadulterated, pure source of justice for the society, and that is God's law for the society. And for the ethics religionist, the principle to the genuine influence they seek is the same. Whether it is in a nation, an empire, or a family, or a city, a town, wherever they are, it is that unadulterated, pure justice that just resonates in the human heart. And uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, uh, verses 5 through 8 says, See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of. Keep them and do them, for they will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who, when they hear all these statutes, will say, listen to this, surely this is Great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us, that when we call upon him, when we wherever we call upon him, and what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? Surely this is a wise and understanding people. That should be the reaction that we should expect from society when we place the full-orbed kingdom of God presentation of the gospel, the way, just the, the Christian worldview, when we put it out there, that should be the reaction that we should expect. I mean, it's, it's, the creator's blueprint applied to make the creatures rejoice. It feels right. God's justice is pure justice. You know, sure to go, you know, it, it go, look, you know, it goes for the weakened society that cannot establish it for themselves. Everybody loves that movie where the nerd overcomes the bully. Uh, you know, justice for the widow, the fatherless, and the orphan in the law of God. It's paramount. It resonates with people. It resonates when you pop that bully in the mouth. And you, it, it, everyone cheers at that part in the movie. Everyone likes the Rudy story, the underdog that nobody really thinks he could 
get anything done. And then somehow, you know, he wins in the end. Nobody likes the story of the tyrant that just oppresses everybody and uses the instrumentality of government, uh, you know, to get over on the people. Like, no, that's not a good story. It's not a good story at all. Freedom for the individual to govern themselves, even when that individual cannot produce that freedom for themselves. That is central to the law of heaven, to the appeal to heaven. Liberty, the ability to go through life without being sacrificed physically, financially, or otherwise for the greater good of the collective, that is central to the law. People, whether they are personally ready to commit themselves to a life lived for God or not, they will be drawn to God's design for a society. The pagan would rather live in a Christian social order than a pagan social order. We saw this in history. We see this throughout history, but especially when Christendom expands, like in the Roman Empire, you, the, the Roman pagans, the average Roman pagan would rather go to the Christians for justice than the Romans for justice. It wasn't because they were Christians. It was because they knew that justice was there. And today, do we see that in our society? Do we see that in the conservative churches? Do we see a desire that the pagans are demonstrating? The pagans and the rising generation are just the pagans in general. Do we see this desire to seek justice in the churches, even when they personally themselves don't really want anything to do with giving their life sacrificially to Christianity, to Christ? No, we don't. We don't see that because that's not what we're pitching in the conservative churches and certainly not in the Republican Party. That's not what we're, we're not pitching that full orbed distribution of righteousness and justice. As a matter of fact, we mock terms like social justice. We give that term to the left and we say, oh, you are SJW. I mean, what a dumb thing to do. It, what a dumb thing to do to give the brand of those that you believe are the enemies of justice in society uh, the term, the, the, the phrase social justice warrior. Oh, no, we're mocking them for that. Well, they thank you very much. It's not like the, uh, uh, the pagans didn't mock Christians and call them Christians in Antioch as a derogatory term. How did that work out for them? Um, look, you know, whether it is true, if it is truly God's design, people will be drawn to it. Uh, the problem in the churches in America, of course, is due to the curse of blindness, which we covered in that last podcast. They can't see God's design for the kingdom in society, and they believe their efforts in the land are doomed to failure. And it's because they are uh, because of a pagan theological paradigm. It's just the devil's land and we're passing through. You know, definitely an ideology that feeds the power religion and will cause rejection from the culture, not because it's holy, not because you're so holy and they just don't understand and they're so evil, but because it sucks. Anyway, Deuteronomy 4 makes it clear that the culture will be drawn to the kingdom of God because it fills that God-shaped hole for justice in the human heart. What a wise and understanding people they will say. If the Republican uh, bigwig advisors and talking heads and think tanks actually knew what they were talking about, uh, they would they would say, why are we not getting this reaction? Why are we not getting that branding in the rising gender? Why are they saying that we're just racist old fogies? Um, why are they rebelling against us? Why are they, you know, why aren't they buying what we're selling? 
And of course, they're not concerned with that. They, they can, they, the modern American conservative really thinks they're righteous and really thinks that they just have the answers and they're being rejected because they're so holy. Um, it's amazing. While nobody roots for the IRS to take somebody's house with their armed agents, you know, they do root for the day when there is no special favors for the big banks in the financial and industrial complex, no crony capitalism. The people do vote, do root for that. And uh, God's design can provide that for them, you know, can provide the situation where the big banks, uh, you know, uh, do fine in the power religionist situations at the expense of the little guy. We do have the solution in God's word about honest weights and measures um, to provide that kind of thing in the environment, to, to provide an environment where people know that taxation is theft, that you can't take somebody's money, that the, you can't take the fruit of their labor at the, at the, at the tip of a gun without that being a violation of a basic human right given by God. We have that and we can sell that. Um, to the rising generation. We can sell a real rebellion, but a rebellion against tyrants and not a rebellion against God. Um, we can sell that. Uh, the power religionists, on the other hand, in both parties, they, they lord over their subjects from the top down. Jesus said, uh, you know, that the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and those in authority over them are called benefactors, Luke twenty two twenty five. But the ethics religionists, they serve others from the bottom up, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as the one who serves. The power religionists hold the party lines, the good old boys networks, the special handshake clubs, the arbitrary rules that benefit their position and their power. You know, like see the religious leaders that Jesus fought with in the uh, in the New Testament as a great example, or see some of the religious leaders in the American ministry industrial complex religious clubs that uh, um, they they do things according to that power structure. They're going to have their order. They're going to have their power. And if you rebel against them, you're rebelling against God, regardless of the amount of blood that is on their altar. Um, the ethics religionists hold the ethical judicial line alone defined as judging good and evil according to the blueprint gi given by God for society, and they act accordingly. The essence of the uh, spiritual human being, the one who can see things correctly, judging all things righteously, Second First uh, uh, Corinthians 2.15, and implementing the righteous judgments of King Jesus throughout the earth. Furthermore, uh, this the creator has said and demonstrated consistently throughout history that he rewards faithfulness to the blueprint for society with blessings for that society. I mean, that's a newsflash, right? For those that, I mean, we, we have this mindset in American Christianity today uh, that, you know, everything just kind of happens with no reason on the earth. There's just no reward for doing anything good or bad. Just things just kind of happen. And we're going to just try to serve God to the best of our ability. We're just a passing through. This is the devil's area, right? Uh, that's not the case. Uh, God does have rewards for following the blueprint. And when you don't follow the blueprint, you get the fruit of the bad one. Uh, he punishes rebellion to the blueprint for society with the curses for the society on the heads of those that participate in the religion of power. Uh, the blessings for obedience and curses for disobedience are a uh, common theme throughout the Bible and are easily witnessed uh, throughout his story as a lesson for all. History, his story. The creator, you see, does not regard our society the way we do. Uh, Democrat, Republican, right, left, liberal, conservative. He, he sees two categories and he moves his story accordingly.
Those two categories are covenant breakers and covenant keepers. Covenant breakers, the power religionists, uh, the false religionists, the ones who use means in rebellion to the uh, religion of ethics to accomplish their will in life instead of God's. The ones who build the kingdoms of man in the sand instead of the kingdom of heaven on the rock, especially those power religionists who do so in the name of God and Jesus can expect sanctions, sanctions, curses, and correction. That's what we see on the Republican Party today. The hearts of the fathers are turned against the hearts of the children. The hearts of the children turned against the hearts of the fathers. It isn't just because their ideology sucks, which it does. It's something deeper in effect here. It's not just because they just really believe that they should keep on voting for politicians that put these lawyers on the Supreme Court and they just can't ever kick the football. It just loops Lucy keeps taking it away from Charlie Brown. There's something deeper going on here. There is that curse. Um, even as their efforts are woven by God for the good of those who are called according to his purpose, Romans 8.28, which is an encouragement to us. So in contrast to that, the ethics religionists, those of us who hold to the religion of ethics, the only line, not the party line, not the right versus left, not the groupthink mindset, the ethical judicial, the judging between good and evil and using God, uh, God's word as a standard for us for that, uh, the true religionists should expect God's blessings on our efforts, affirmation of faithfulness to the covenant, the kingdom of God built on a rock, the true foundations of the throne, righteousness and justice, Psalm 89, 14. So we should expect that victory. We should. Uh, we shouldn't believe that, you know, the efforts are not going to be thrown in the fire. They're going to be preserved and they're part of the foundation. We're, we're building. We are builders in God's kingdom. It's a crazy assignment. It's an exciting time, but it's also a very wicked time. In the Bible, Israel was cursed for following the ways of the pagan nations around them and sacrificing their children to Moloch on the giant bronze idol. So it was a giant bronze idol. It is the, um, the head of a bull, the body of a man, and they place this baby and just sear the baby to death. Um, and uh, Moloch, this idol, it sounds kind of creepy and weird and all that and ancient, but it's really not. Uh, Moloch, it simply means king. And the idea was that the collective society was its own king, its own authority to decide matters of good and evil. And it would be blessed to the extent that each person was willing to sacrifice humans to the king's state. Now, the easiest humans to sacrifice in this model are the defenseless ones, the ones who can't speak for themselves, um, the, the newborn baby. The, the widow, the orphan. That's why there's so many protections in scripture over these kinds of people, uh, because they can't establish justice for themselves. So the law is slanted to lift them up. And it's what resonates with people. People, people just are immediately drawn to a society that says, wow, look at the strong going down and lifting up the, the weak and protecting the weak, <clears throat> not sacrificing the weak for the collective. So this form of Moloch sacrifice was one of the reasons for Israel's curses. And to think about it like this, the mindset for human sacrifice is the same. Anytime that you take the individual and you sacrifice them to the collective. You know, think about uh, John F. Kennedy's famous statement, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Collectivist government under its own authority is the highest form of government in the Moloch model. 
The collective is always worth infinitely more than the individual. The weakest members of society, like I said, the ones without the voice, they're the first to be sacrificed. That is the power religion model. The ethics religion model is quite the opposite. If the strong put themselves on the altar for the weak, you know, those who do not, who have the voice will use it for the voiceless. Understanding this, understanding this dichotomy, which one do you think is going to have more of an effect, will sell more with, with the rising generation, will sell more in society? The Moloch model of sacrifice to the king's state, the liberty for security trade, the, ah, oh, yeah, we can't, yeah, we just can't let everybody in or anything like that. We need to vet them and we need to make sure that there's power over them. Things like that. Um, the, uh, the, the abortion genocide, if it, when it is for what, what it is for what it is. But here's the thing. When people are trying to fight the abortion genocide, fight human sacrifice there, but then are participating in human sacrifice everywhere else, the drug war, the police, uh, the, the prison industrial complex, the uh, humanistic incubation centers we know as the government schools, the minds of the rising generation being sacrificed. It just becomes you literally are a single issue individual and you literally are trying to tear down one high place and maybe not even all of that high place as it is. And you're uh, you're basically a covenant violator through and through in every single area of life. You're not going to have the power of God and you're going to be a hypocrite to the people. The people are going to see you sacrifice, you being a vessel of human sacrifice. They're not going to listen to you in that area. You're not going to win their heart. They're not going to say, wow, what a wise and understanding person that is. They're going to say, oh, look, he's a, he's not pro-life. He's pro-birth. That is the reaction you're going to get. That is the reaction that you have. And the reason why is because you've bought the Republican gospel. The other gospel of the American conservative movement, and you have not bought into the full orb gospel of the kingdom of God for every area of life. Your standard is shifting sand. They're not going to listen to you about abortion. And they are right because they can see the injustice in the other spheres. Understanding these things. We should now have an idea why this curse on the this curse on the Republican Party is in effect with the rising generation. They do not. I mean, look, which is a better campaign slogan? The strong sacrifice the weak for themselves or the strong sacrifice themselves for the weak? was well, pretty obviously the latter and the key for a revolutionary factor. Whenever Christians have been able to gain legitimate influence and power in a society, that is the ethic that won the land. Oh, wow, these Christians in the catacombs, they have a different kind of community. Um, we can bring our sick. They would actually literally go out. In a Roman household in the ancient Roman Empire, when somebody was dying of, of the plague or something like that, they would literally place the sick person in a wheelbarrow and take them outside or on a platform and leave them as far away from possible to die. That is the human sacrifice ethic. We need to sacrifice this individual for the collective. He could get others sick. The Christians came by. And without the developed theology that we have today in Christendom, they picked up these sick, plague-ridden Romans, plague-ridden pagans, smelling and bleeding and oozing, and brought them into their own houses and suffered. Many Christians died from doing this. But it is this ethic, nursing these sick Romans back to life um, after they've been discarded from their society, that won the hearts. 
uh, of the pagan society with this ethic, each individual, regardless of how strong they are to assert themselves in society, look, has the right to govern themselves with God's law as the guide. The individual not sacrifice for the collective. Self-government under God is the highest form of government. Society never worth more as a collective than the individual. The individual Roman dying of the disease worthy of that kind of care. Now, with these fairly obvious truths in mind, when you think of the Republican Party, which model comes to mind? The Moloch human sacrifice model, which is cursed, or the ethics model, which is blessed? It's obvious the human sacrifice model of Moloch. Here is the heart of the matter. The Republican Party and their modern American conservative supporters have no influence in society and their kids hate their ways because their policies and preferences reveal them as pragmatic power religionists who subscribe to the Moloch model of human sacrifice to the right wing of the king state, the Moloch state, the king state. They are suffering the biblical curse as the result. The hearts of the rising generation set against them. Nobody wants anything to do with it. They have wholesale rejected God's law of liberty as the standard in society. They want the Ten Commandments to stand as a relic in the courtroom, but they violate them at every turn. They'll fight for the Ten Commandments outside the Supreme Court, but not in the heart of the law of the land. There is a God determining ethics behind every law created in society, and the God behind the modern American conservatives Republican Party is not Yahweh, but it is the king state of Moloch, the right-wing police state. Thou shalt have no other gods before me has been spurned by the modern American conservatives Republican Party in every single area of life, and the Democrats could murder every single one of their kids by abortion, and the rising generation would still not be Republican. Plain and simple. Because there is a generational curse in effect. And the only way to reverse the curse is through repentance. When it comes to abortion, as we covered in the State of Confusion episode, it was brought to us by the Republican Party, supported by the conservative churches from Roe v. Wade to Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which created that super precedent that Kavanaugh is now standing on, right? You know, the pro-life ministry industrial complex laws that make it legal if certain requirements are met, all this. Right. Abortion was brought to you by conservative churches and the Republican Party. Don't let anybody lie to you. This is not a Democrat Holocaust. This is a Republican Holocaust. It's both. But at the root, the nationalization, the legislation from the Supreme Court, all that Republicans uh, and conservative churches. The blood is on. That is where the blood is. It's pretty scary. It's not just a sin of omission. It's not just a sin of apathy. When abolitionists are outside in front of a. Uh, in front of church, you see these videos on your Facebook feed of, you know, these crazy guys outside saying, hey, you know, uh, you got to repent. Uh, you have apathy towards the abortion Holocaust. That is true, but it is more than just apathy. It is a sin of active commission. The um, Every single one of those babies, the blood is on the hands of the conservative churches in America as they supported those Republican politicians who put those lawyers on the court and they're still doing it. So when it comes to education, give the authority to the state. This is the Republican mindset. We're going to give the authority to the state to inculcate the rising generation uh, uh, with this power religion. Uh, we're going to let the state just create a great collective. We're going to take kids that are, you know, 
seven, eight, nine years old, and we're going to make them missionaries into the public schools. You hear that in the conservative churches and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's crazy. Um, they're going to sacrifice the minds of the rising generation to the state in, when it comes to education, making make it little socialist robots, whether right-wing socialist, mostly left-wing socialist robots in those schools, uh, those camps. Uh, but they will demand that you say the Pledge of Allegiance to the King's State during homeroom session in the, mor- in the morning now. Now that, and they will, they will demand to have a little bit of prayer, uh, you know, in school. Give Jesus uh, one of the plastic chairs in the back, please. Right? That's the Republican policy when it comes to the humanistic incubation camps, when it comes to law enforcement. This is why the rising, this is why Republicans have no influence in the society. They don't stand for anything that has to do about the institution of the law of God instead of the law of liberty in society. When it comes to law enforcement, here's a big one. Republicans support a form of policing that comes straight out of the humanistic enlightenment's attempt to replace God with the state. Um, this is from the French revolution. It's the, it's the, it's the state walking on earth as God. They knew that they couldn't just write God out of the story because at this time in history, everyone knew God existed. So instead of doing that, they want to provide a better redemption than God. So create laws that have nothing to do with God's law whatsoever. You know, to, to, you want to legislate all sorts of humanistic morality. You want to read human hearts. You want to arbitrarily define crime and then try to stop it before it starts. You're God. You're the all seeing eye. You're the surveillance state. This started way back, um, in the, in the humanistic enlightenment. And and this this form of policing, and then in America we saw it uh, instituted with a corrupt administration in New York, basically tax collectors for the pagan state, and also in the South to uh, hunt down slaves. Are the first police in America. Now today, uh, that better redemption than God, the reading human hearts, the punishing uh, uh, punishing pagan uh, crimes, made up offenses where there's no victim. Uh, that is the position of the Roman, par- the <laughs> Roman, yeah, the Roman political party, the, the Republican party, uh, back the blue, right? We want to back the blue. So we support our police, regardless of what they do, regardless if they're kicking in somebody's door for a plant and murdering their girlfriend, regardless of what they're doing, we back the blue. And so because you do that, you're going to have no support in the rising generation because nobody likes a tyrant. Um, the biblical concept of law enforcement as reactive, bi- punishing biblically defined crime, that's what we are supposed to support. You know, the old kind of sheriff model, like, oh, there's two witnesses, there's a warrant. Uh, this guy's a murderer established on the biblical two lines of evidence. We're going to get him. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to go ahead and exact justice. It's, it's a reactive, um, reactive form of law enforcement, not the proactive policing of the king state uh, that the Republican Party supports. So uh, if you bring that up to Republicans today, they will mock it. They will they will say it's quaint by, uh, you know, the modern American conservatives. They'll, they'll say the same thing that the left does with guns. They'll say, oh, times are different now. We can't have that kind of uh, law enforcement. We need the pros to enforce what you see out there. We need a full-blown police state. We need to stop crime before it starts. And we need to let the state define crime apart from God's law. Let me tell you something. When you define law, uh, uh, crime apart from God's law, when you criminalize that which God does not, okay, and then you punish criminals twice, for example, if, uh, if I steal somebody's money, that person isn't going to get biblical restitution. The state's going to get the restitution. Then the victim of my crime of theft is going to get to pay for me to uh, drink pruno and, and smoke weed in prison or in jail, uh, you know, for 
a length of time, and then I get out a worse criminal than I was before. So everybody loses except for the state, which collected, which collects $300 a day for my stay in their hotel prison. Um, all this, all this is on the head of the Republican party. This, this is, this is in their platform. This is what they're standing on the rotten wood. Why the rising generation absolutely detests them, uh, is right there. And, um, once again, this is the X wing for those that are just logging on to join, uh, the episode episode is called, uh, this is called generational curse. It's basically like part two of the state of confusion episode that we had about the Republican party today. Thank you all for joining me on the X wing today. We're almost wrapping this up right now. Uh, what's up y'all. What's up? Uh, what's up my man, Bill? What's up my man, Bobby? Yo, that's my boss. Uh, guy, Thomas, all y'all. Hey, I appreciate you, Bo. Um, uh, Bojadar still on here? I think he was. Anyway, yep. I appreciate y'all for joining me and, and, uh, let's keep it rolling. We're just kind of going down a short litany of the Republican platform and why the rising generation hates the Republican party because the Republican party is under a curse, a generational curse. The, uh, the hearts of the children are not, uh, are not turned towards the father. So when it comes to immigration, uh, big in the news right now, might have a little bit of something to do with the song that we're going to be recording. Join us for that tomorrow in Houston in the morning tomorrow, about 10, 11 uh, a.m. Central Time. When it comes to immigration, Republicans support the state as God. Bureaucrats in the, fe- in the executive branch of the federal beast arbitrarily controlling the movement of individual image bearers of God seeking to settle in the land. I mean, can you believe that? Like the difference between legal and illegal in, in our land today regarding an image bearer, some, a human being seeking to settle in our land. The difference today is the signature of a low level bureaucrat, likely Democrat in the executive branch of the federal beast. And that when Republicans tell you they want legal immigration, what they're saying is we want the bureaucrats of the federal beast to register each single image bearer through this highly restrictive process. And we're going to take the words on the statue of Liberty that says, give us your poor, uh, give us your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. We're going to take the, the, uh, the, the, we'll even take the scum of the earth. We'll even take your criminals and we'll make them world beaters. That kind of patriotism that's on the Statue of Liberty has been turned into the Republican commercial that says what we need to do is we need to elect this orange God and have a giant force at the border to shoot women and children coming from a country that we destroyed with our drug war policy. That is not going to sell. No, sir. No, ma'am. That is not the business when it comes to marketing. That is not the justice. That is not the, oh, wow. You're not going to evoke the, oh, what a wise and understanding people uh, that this is. Oh, they're throwing rocks at the border guards. Like, as a matter of fact, listen to me for a second. If you're coming from a country where there is a foreign invading force on your land that stopped you from being able to select your own politicians that is basically propping up a dictator that's oppressing you. You might have the idea, look, I'm going to join that caravan. You know, I'm going to join that caravan. If they don't welcome us up there after they made my, you know, country a crap hole, you know, if they don't welcome us up there, I'm going to throw rocks at their helmets. I don't care if they shoot me in the head. Um, that's the attitude. You know what? I want somebody. I'm not scared of the rock throwers. 
You know, I'm not scared of that at all. You know, I want that kind of person in the cave with me. That's that's a little warrior for justice. I, that's that's the kind of, we can work with that. We can't work with the border patrols that are mowing them down, right? And and so if you if you explain this to the rising generation, if you sell what I'm talking about here instead of the uh, Republican platform, the commercial for the Donald and his a uh, uh, force of elephants in the House and the Senate uh, that will keep you safe from the Brown invasion, if you check the Republican box at the uh, check check Repo- Republican, pull the lever for Republican in the voting booth. Um, you know, they'll keep you safe from the, you know, invading force uh, from the country that we, you know, the women and children and the fighting age ISIS males, of course, they're, you know, kind of ferreted in there. They will keep us safe from this horde of invaders from the country that we made their um, existence a living hell, exporting our policing policy. So if you see the dichotomy between what's right and what's wrong, and you step out of the, you know, kind of left-right intramural game of pagan football on the political scene, you can see how obvious these basic principles are and why this just these ideas of the Republicans and modern American conservatives won't sell to people who aren't already signed up for their program. It just doesn't sell. I mean, they see this stuff and they're like, wow, that's crazy. The left wing, all they need to do. Look, the left wing, they're for they're for border control, too. They're for they're for politicians getting to decide the process, too. As a matter of fact, in their legislation, it's specifically it's specifically legislation designed by Democrats for Democrats to favor trade unions. So it's even their process that's in place. But they can favor out all these conservatives by basically by basically stealing the minds of the rising generation it's a two-part thing they steal the minds of the rising generation by appearing righteous oh we're for the women and children george and and then the you know the, the republicans on the other side are saying oh my god george soros is providing food and porta potties for them on their drive up here and the left is you know it's it's just crazy like so the left gets to do this and portray themselves as this as these these uh, beacons of righteousness and justice for the oppressed and the right basically mocks them. It has the Alinsky, it's the Alinsky thing. Like, you know, if my opponents for it, I must be against it. So the right mocks them and then basically says, we're going to shoot them at the freaking border. And, and that, let me tell you something, you know, not only does the left get to uh, get to sell the winning message, which they don't stand for, but they get to go ahead and destroy. Uh, they go, they get to go ahead and have Republicans basically just shake a fist at the heavens on the issue and institute the curse on their own influence. It's just crazy. So, okay, that's immigration. So when it comes to monetary policy, and I'm going to cut this list short. We can go on and on forever. But when it comes to monetary policy, Republicans either support or have made zero ep- ep- uh, effort to fight the state as God, arbitrarily assigning value to worthless paper in the form of fiat currency. So in violation of God's law and dishonest weights and measures, can't make the case to the people uh, that we ought to uh, abolish fiat currency. Just can't make the case. Can't make the, hey, it's not money. It's not going to, you You could wake up tomorrow and your hundred uh, million dollar bank account could be worth zero or, or better, you know, better saying more, more realistically, you know, the $5,000 you have in the bank talking to the actual American uh, could be worth zero. Um, you know, when it comes to defense, 
Republicans, the party of massive standing arm, spending on a massive standing army, exporting the policy of policing that we have domestically around the world as the world's policemen are arbitrary standards. How long have we been at Afghanistan, by the way? What do you think we're doing there? Uh, you, you know, uh, we're, we're just importing our domestic policing on the top of the, for, uh, the heads of foreign countries, uh, the image bearers that are out there. The state is not just God here, but the state is God everywhere. The American state is God. So you better stand for the flag. You better stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, the King State. All this stuff is vi- in violation of God's law concerning standing armies. Republicans have invented and funded uh, by the theft of taxation the massive drug war. And it was invented on faulty grounds, the whole reefer madness stuff. We're going to just basically make up information about this plant and disseminate it. And we're going to use the conservative churches to do so. And we're going to take image bearers of God and lock them in cages for periods of up to 25 years for a plant that God made for purposes that benefit the human body. Um, And we're going to make a crime something that God God's law that does not. We're going to decimate minority communities. We're going to perpetuate um, uh, black chattel slavery in the prison industrial complex through this mechanism, $300 a day. Carrie does a a great episode, Carrie Appling in his uh, Man at the Gate podcast titled uh, Drug War. Highly recommended. Uh, The massive drug war. Another reason why the hearts of the rising generation are turned against the Republicans turned against the modern American conservatives. The massive drug war is human sacrifice. The Republicans support the prison industrial complex. We could go on and on and on. This is a pagan form of punishment that robs the victims twice and treats image bearers of God like human chattel, often for humanistically defined crimes that are not violations of God's law. We covered that earlier. All of these examples, and I literally you know, have a list of just, you know, I mean, it goes up to 30 to 40 that we could just point to the Republican platform and just go down the list. Um, it's just, it's just absolutely crazy. Uh, what we do, you know, in, in thinking that this is not going to have a direct effect upon how God views the society and whether God is going to grant the blessing to the people that are promoting these, these, uh, uh, these godless principles. The kingdom of Satan is not going to go forward in history. It's going to be punished. And the rising generation is definitely not going to get with the message of injustice that is perpetuated by these policies. It's just, it's, they don't sell. It's not the business. Um, you know, there are glaring examples of covenant violations, and all of them will evoke the curses, such as lack of influence in the society and the hearts of the rising generation turned against you. So what will they say? When you, when you bring this up to them, they say, well, you know, the Democrats, the Democrats, they participate in the above as well. Yes, yeah, sure, they do. And isn't that, they're better in some and worse in others. They have some more, they're, they're glaringly blatant with the abortion genocide, but then, you know, and, and, and other issues, but then in other issues, they seem, you know, to be on the righteous side. And it's, it's, it's just a, it's a ridiculous dichotomy, but that's what the Republicans will say. They'll say, and the conservatives especially will say, you know, look, Democrats participate in the above, uh, you know, uh, when Modern conservatives aren't busy trying to justify their forms of sacrifice to the king state with situational ethics, uh, with bastardized Bible verses. They're busy repeating the new Republican Party slogan. Here is the new Republican Party slogan. It goes like this. We are the lesser of two evils. That's right. That's their new brand. Look, you don't want the Democrats in power, do you? This could be we could have Hillary in there, right? 
That is their brand. When you talk to conservatives on social media, anywhere you go, the new brand of the Republican Party is we are the lesser of two evils. We are less evil than them over there, as debatable as that is. There it is. That is the formula. Aren't you glad that it isn't Hillary Clinton taking your bump stocks? Hey, have y'all turned in your bump stocks yet? The orange god said you need to turn in your bump stocks now. You know, the uh, contraption on the rifle. You need to turn those in uh, immediately. So don't be in rebellion to Romans 13. I want all the conservatives within the sound of my voice right now that will evoke Romans 13 to, uh, uh, to justify the, the, descript- the descriptive view, the pagan view of Romans 13, uh, to assign the, you know, to, to let the beast do whatever it wants in society. I want all, all you guys better. If you own a bump stock, that thing better be in the mail to the police. And you better be turning that thing in lickety split. All right. Hypocr- hypocrisy is the worst policy, uh, you know, but at least it isn't Hillary that's taking your bump stocks. You know how many babies would be murdered by abortion, they say, if the Democrats had the government? Here, here's, here's the secret. It's the same number. It's the same number. It's rising now. With Rep- Republicans have had the government for a while. Uh, the whole instrumentality, they have the, uh, uh, the three-headed uh, Montesquieu's monster, the Supreme Court, the uh, uh, both legislative. Uh, now they just lost the House, which is their excuse for not doing what they <laughs> could have done in the last 10 years. Um, so, so it's the same number, and it's been increasing uh, with the elephants in power. That's the brand, though. That's the brand. We are the lesser of the two evils. You can only vote for the options that we have. And as long as uh, you don't pick uh, the uh, lesser evil, we will be screwed with the greater evil. Let me tell you something. That's the crappiest brand ever. That will never work. That won't sell. That's if you're in a uh, if you're in a boardroom meeting, and you're trying to figure out how to sell your product. The worst message that you're trying to put out there is, "Hey, there's crappier products out there than ours." That's not the brand that sells. Nobody makes that commercial. Yet that is the commercial that is being sold by the people whose eyes are closed. The modern American conservatives in the conservative churches, that is the brand that we're selling. Vote Republican because they're not Democrats. I seen, I saw a pastor actually make a Facebook post, a pastor beloved by some abolitionists out there. It doesn't matter what his name is. He actually made a Facebook post saying, I don't support the Republican Party because I support the Republican Party. I support the Republican Party because I know what the Democrats do. That is the brand. It's the brand. That's what they're feeding. Let me tell you something. You might be cursed enough, you know, in your eyeballs to, to, to believe that that's okay and to believe that that is a message uh, that will sell in society. Nobody in the rising generation, especially the millennials and afterwards, none of them are buying that. That will not work. I don't suck as bad as Fred over there. Pick me. Uh, is never going to get you drafted on the, uh, on the playground for basketball, okay? It's, it's never going to get you on the squad. Um, you'll never win hearts like that. You'll be, you'll scare a dumbed down populace into pulling the lever for you if they're stupid enough uh, until the potato is fully boiled, but you'll never have real influence in society, uh, with the, uh, I'm not as bad as the worst, uh, type of marketing. It is, uh, you know, and look in, in our case, uh, there, it's it, it, it's not it's not always evil to vote for the lesser of of two evils. We don't necessarily subscribe to that. There are certain situations, and I, I do recommend an axe to the root po- uh, podcast on biblical uh, biblical principles for voting to kind of get a a full orbed idea and understanding on this. Um, 
you know, so we're not we're not saying that we're not it's, it's, it's not a purist kind of mindset. But in our society right here, you know, where we're so ripe for the judgment, a vote for the lesser of two evils uh, in our case to continue to pull the lever for the Republican Party. You're perpetuating the plight of covenant violation. Nobody they, the rising. They're not embracing the Republican Party because the Republican Party is wicked to the core. Um, regardless if you think they're less wicked than the Democrats who boo God openly at their conventions, the Republican parties have the ha, Republican party has the secret boo for God all throughout the platform. And they're saying that it's, and they're actually say, doing it in God's name. It's the, it's the Alinsky model. And, um, it's, it's, it's time. Look, what you're doing is you're selling a false hope when you're telling people that you can vote Republican and that you can put the lesser of two evils in there and things will be better. Um, you're, you're taking that message, and, pe- and instead of telling people, look, um, we have to do what's right and leave the results to God. We can no longer pull the lever for these elephants, and you know, we, we, cannot per- we cannot assign our name to the human sacrifice that they do in this society. Um, regardless, if the donkeys, regardless if it puts a donkey in there or not, we're just not going to participate in the process. We're going to go ahead and seed the culture. It, and if we had a, a whole scale effort in doing that, things could turn around tomorrow. But since we have the option of a party that has a moral veneer on it, since that is actually on the, since you could go and vote for Ted Cruz in the state of Texas, and since Ted Cruz has spoken over, you know, 200 churches during his campaign, and he says, he uses scripture when he talks to him. Because you have that option, and he says that the Democrats are evil, and he says that he's fighting for you. I mean, why not do that? Would you rather have Beto O'Rourke? Would you rather have that devil in there? As long as you have those two options, and you can spend a little bit of energy pulling the lever for Ted Cruz and then going back home, you're not going to take direct direct action. You're not going to understand that a vote for Ted Cruz and a vote for Beto is basically the same thing. It's a vote for the federal beast, and it is a vote for the king state in all of those areas that we just went over. In all of those areas that we just went over. Voting for covenant violations, because you believe that there are more preferable covenant violations for you is not the way you be salt and light in the society. If you want victory, if you want to win the hearts of the rising generation, this is what you do. You return to the law of God. You start taking the blueprint for the creator seriously. Civil government is is only there to punish evil as defined by the Bible as evil. We're wrapping this up right now. That's it. Any other function you wish to assign to civil government makes it bigger than God's plan for it, and therefore you are attempting to create a messianic state, a savior state. You're violating God's law. Self-government and family government ought to be the most powerful forms of government in society. Instead of voting for Republican politicians, barring the wholesale repentance of that party to the point where they are no longer they no longer uh, treat one nation under God as the slogan on fiat currency and throwaway line and the pledge uh, to the king state that they want said in the government schools, you know, start selling the idea of pure justice according to God's law. 
instead of reading Breitbart news, instead of, instead of going to these sites and getting all whipped up in a frenzy over bullcrap, start really actually educating yourself. Uh, we'll post resources for you. Over here at Reconstructionist Radio, we do our best to lay that foundation on the ethical judicial line. And you take that foundation, you start selling the ideas of pure justice according to, of, to God's law to the rising generation. Stop pulling the lever for, the, for Republicans. Stop voting for Republicans. Plain and simple. Unless you, can, unless you find one that is literal, that you can sign your name off that there is going to be no covenant violations in his platform. Unless we're at the point right now where we have to get as many, we have to win the hearts of the rising generation. And the vehicle to win the hearts of the rising generation, if we want to restore our future, it's not, if you think the vehicle to do that is the Republican Party, if you think that you're voting for the lesser of two evils in their mind, you're just voting for the evil old foe because their heart is set against them according to the curse that they have created. So when you push that button for a Republican politician, just know that if you broadcast that vote out there to society what they're going to say the rising generation here's another evil sucker uh here's another guy who just doesn't care about immigrants who doesn't care about uh you know who's, who's you know who's racist basically at the core and the policies and things like that um you know one out of three blacks go to prison during their time in life in the prison industrial complex that is a sick percentile and and you are perpetuating that with your vote for the elephant team perpetuating it even more so than a vote for the Democrats would. So, and and, uh, the rising generation is hip to that. This is an actually a very educated generation. Electronics, uh, uh, advances in technology have actually brought education to our fingertips in a way like never before. And, uh, you know, God is moving history forward. And the rising generation, despite what these old people will tell you on Facebook, these old white guys will tell you on Facebook, they're sharp, they're smart, they're, and, and they will rebel against false authority. They'll rebel against real authority, too, uh, but they will certainly rebel against false authority. And when you perpetuate this false authority that's in the Republican Party and that it reeks with injustice and you say it's the lesser of two evils, what you're doing is you're saying a vote for these lesser of two evils is is worth more than trying to win the hearts of the rising generation. Um, Step away from who's going. Get your mind out of who's going to be in the swamp, which lawyers are on the court, who is in the legislative halls, whichever freaking donkey or elephant is in the Oval Office. Uh, uh, you know, get get away from that mindset. Start thinking in terms of who, what can my family do to exercise dominion where we're at. What can I do locally in my sphere of influence to institute these principles? And what can I seed the culture at large with? These ideas of righteousness and justice to get ourselves, we got to get ourselves away from this brand. In the X-Wing, that's what we're doing. We're getting ourselves away from this brand of modern American conservatism and the Republican Party in general. We are selling righteousness and justice for all of the weaker vessels in society. uh, And that righteousness and justice is available to God alone. And we are appealing to heaven to do so. And we are telling the federal beast in no uncertain terms, don't tread on me. But we actually mean it. It's not a slogan for us. Um, we got to plant these seeds. Listen up. As we wrap this up, when 9-11 happened, folks were running into the churches. I remember this. I was still in New York. Folks were running into the churches looking for answers, and they found a bunch of milquetoast politicians hiding behind pulpits trying to dig in their pockets, teaching a theology that basically says this is the devil world. Jesus can get you into heaven. You know, things like this will happen, and you can live a nice little life while you're here in my ecclesiastical ghetto, and you can serve my clergy. 
you know, until the fire falls. And and that that gospel, it just didn't it didn't resonate because it's it, it's not the gospel at all. It's uh, getting to heaven is a small piece of it. It's it's about heaven coming here. Uh, in every, it's the kingdom of God in every single area of life. Um, you know, uh, when these people, they, they saw this and, uh, you know, people running into the churches, uh, you know, because, you know, when Hosea 515 says that in their affliction, when people are afflicted, they will seek me. They will seek, they will seek for answers. You need something bad to happen to start saying, Hey, where's God? What do I do? Well, when another, when we, when we have another tremor of judgment that come or God forbid, you know, uh, the judgment itself, uh, Lord, what, what that'll look like. I mean, when, when that happens, people, the people left behind the people, the remnant, uh, the ones who aren't raptured into eternity by whatever else is coming our way. Um, they're going to be looking for answers too, but this time when they run to God's people, God's people should be able to have the answers for them a faith that applies to every single area of life. They should be able to point out these covenantal failures. Um, and yeah, my wife says, yeah, we have a nine 11 happening daily. Yeah, but that's, that's not to born people. So they don't care. Uh, when it, when another one happens to walk people who are walking around outside of their mothers, uh, people who are worth more, right. Uh, when, when a nine 11 happens to them, then they will care. And they will be looking for answers. And this time, the bride of Christ that is in the culture is going to have them. And we need to seed. We need to educate ourselves. And we need to plant these seeds. Start developing these answers and pushing these answers into the circle. These these X-wing kind of answers. We're not right-wing. We're not left-wing. We're X-wing. We see all of life through the grid of God's law of liberty. And we, we give these answers for every single uh, portion of, of life and society, start developing those, push those to the, be, be faithful with a little, when another tremor of judgment, like nine 11 hits, when the second version of the civil war comes our way for covenantal violations, look, what do you think it's going to look like? If, if the civil war was judgment for black chattel slavery and human sacrifice of black chattel slavery, which is merely shifted forms with the prison industrial complex now. But if, if the, if the civil war judgment was, you know, a million Americans and, and the, um, you know, what do you, what do you think it looks like now in a society with, with 350 million uh, people in it, in, in the culture, what would the judgment look like? Would it be, um, what do you think? Would it be 20 million? Would it be 60 million or a hundred? How about a hundred million? How about one for every one of the preborns? Would that be fair? Look, when the judgment hits, we don't know what it's going to look like, but we do know that there is going to be a remnant. God always preserves a remnant. And we ought to be educating ourselves for those of us that are here to rebuild because this is coming down. The, uh, the American Eagle, the rotten Eagle is being, is going to get shot out of the sky, you know, barring full scale repentance. Um, and, uh, you know, that we've, America has been totally blessed by the areas of the, uh, covenant of God that, that they've been faithful to by the principles and risen to a, uh, empire, you know, influence in the world. And, you know, and, and, and that influence, uh, crossed the desk of God and America is, uh, you know, quite possibly the greatest nation, uh, to ever exist in the world. But that doesn't mean that it gets to violate the covenant like it is doing, uh, without drastic sanctions. And when those sanctions come, people are going to be looking for answers instead of pulling 
the lever for Republican politician start developing uh, those answers. Um, help folks cut through the propaganda to the truth. Uh, those that are willing to hear, you know, don't waste time on those that don't. Don't waste a whole bunch of time. There is a curse of blindness in effect. Listen, Democrats and the progressive left are winning the rising generation. Uh, because of the fact that the Republican Party and the conservative churches are not operating in the power of God's law, and also because they have a forward-thinking approach. Granted, it's a satanic approach, but they advance the ball. They get in there, they advance the ball, they move for their God, they go somewhere. The modern American conservative basically just fights to conserve what they did 20 years ago so they can keep their politicians on the bus. Nobody wants to follow the reactionary. Nobody. Nobody wants to follow the reactionary. They would rather go on the breakneck speed, exciting progressive march to judgment than the reactionary who isn't doing anything to fight it, who just wants to kind of conserve what they did 20 years ago. Uh, the modern American conservative doesn't even know what they're conserving. You know, yesterday's left-wing police state, the French Revolution, they're 100% reactionary and fear-driven. It's a blind and stupid uh, constituency. Uh, my man Bo Marinoff says that Solomon was the greatest king, but did not save the next generation from judgment. Absolutely not. Uh, sorry, but it's it's true. It's true. Um, distance yourselves from the stupid constituency that is the boneheaded modern American conservative and the Republican Party. If they're not willing to listen. If they're not willing to establish justice on the unadulterated, if they're not willing to pitch the message of pure justice, get out from among them. Get out from among them. You do not want your brand mixed up with that, with a Ted Cruz platform, you know, with a uh, with a Mike Lee platform, with any one of these politicians out there that are pushing the police state, the king state, the Moloch state. You do not want to be standing next to them and trying to win the hearts of the rising generation. Distance yourself from them. Invite the rising generation to join you in the rebellion to the left-wing nanny state and the right-wing police state. Come with us. We got this. We're the rebels in the cave. We're going to take the land. We don't need anything. We got God. It's all good. That message will sell. It will sell. Point out the injustices on both sides with no partiality for man and chart the way towards righteousness and justice. Paint a picture of a society where you don't either choose the swamp elephant or the swamp donkey, but you choose liberty and justice for all under God or nothing at all. You know, give me liberty or give me death. Period. Um, don't despise being a voice in the wilderness. God has reserved a remnant and you're there for that remnant. Um, you never know who you're talking to. Be faithful. Be an X-winger. Nothing but the cross of Christ. The X is for the cross. For the cross of Christ. Not, not, not left wing, not right wing. But X-wing. Apply the cross in every area of life. This land belongs to us. Not after God's throw, God throws it in the fire, but, but right now. Right now. This has been the X-wing with your host, Joe Solana. Thank you all for joining me. Uh, today. Uh, and um, we're going to have some fire coming for you. We got uh, uh, my man, Chris Hudo is going to be doing a few episodes. Uh, young Chris Hudo has been on fire on Facebook and he's raised his hand to do a, to do a few of these. Um, we got other young X-wingers that are coming up and uh, they're going to uh, 
We're going to have a party in the cave for you. We're going to have these coming on a much, much more regular basis. Please, please join us, join us for the, um, uh, live view for the studio tomorrow in Houston. That's going to be around, I would say 10 30, 11 AM Pacific time. The song is a time for justice might have something to do with immigration and, um, uh, stuff like that. So look, be an X-winger, watch God move, be faithful with a little. I really appreciate y'all joining me. Uh, y'all joining me tonight. Thank you very much. It is, uh, it's been my honor to rock with y'all. Peace. Thank you for joining us in the X-Wing cave. Until next time, make sure you stay on the right side of that ethical judicial line. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.